What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the California Underground Podcast. I am your host, Phil, and as always with me, my trusty co-host, the best and fastest researcher in the West, Camille. How are you doing tonight, Camille? I'm good. How are you? Sorry, you broke out there. Our you tech did is too. I did too. Of course I did. Our tech is our so sorry. What did you say while you were breaking up? I just said I'm good. How are you? That's all I I'm, said. I'm good and I'm keeping my fingers and my toes crossed that our tech works tonight because we've had a couple weeks of like our tech not working. Um it's it's the deep state, man. They're after us. They don't want us talking about this stuff anymore. And there you go. <laughs> this Trust is why. Me. Trust the plan. It's uh, they, they don't want us talking about this anymore. And the thing we are talking about tonight is sort of a continuation of what we talked about last week. And just by happenstance, we had recorded on June 1st um, last Thursday, and it was the start of Pride Month. So we said, you know, we did like this impromptu episode all about Pride Month. Um, who knew that in just like four or five days, this would explode and kind of stuff that we had talked about on June 1st has gotten even more crazy um, in terms of protests and parents pushing back. And as I mentioned in the podcast pre-show, our new overlords, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, have now arrived. They've taken over Sacramento. Uh, They laid down, you know, roses and everything down down the floor for them and gave them all sorts of honors and crowned them kings of California or queens of California. Um, we're going to talk about that. So it's just in five days, it's just turned into like bonkersville here in California. And a lot of people are thankfully, in my opinion, are starting to stand up and just say like enough of this, we're pushing back. We're not going to just sit here and take it anymore. Um, before we get into all that, do you have any thoughts before tonight's episode, Camille? I want to know if you have thoughts like feelings, because I'm Protestant, you're Catholic, Mm -hmm. they're attacking you. I think that's why I feel like I want to talk about this specifically, um, because my wife and I are devout Catholics. Mm -hmm. Um, We take our faith very seriously, Um, you know, and obviously I'm a new Catholic, so I'm not going to pretend like I've been a lifelong Catholic. I was just, uh, it's been a little over a year since I've been officially, uh, what what would you say? not baptized, but confirmed in the Catholic church. Yeah. Converted into the Catholic church. Um, and I think, yeah, it does frustrate me that they are mocking this and they're gaslighting us to believe, well, we're not mocking you. You know, this isn't, uh, we're not mocking you. We're not making fun of your religion. Uh, but on the other hand, bow down to our religion and like everything that we say and like, you know, make sure you salute our pride flag and don't say anything bad about us. And don't you dare disrespect us. Um, but we can dress up in costumes and make fun of nuns and priests and we can have Jesus up on the cross and have him twerking or doing a strip dance. Um, but we're not, we're not disrespecting you Catholics. I don't understand why you're getting so upset. Um, so for me personally, I think that's one reason why we've probably done now two episodes on this is because of the sisters of perpetual indulgence who have kind of crossed that line of making a big deal out of of well we're not mocking catholics but you know it's kind of like the old saying if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck it's probably a duck you're it looks like you're mocking our religion 
Yeah. And I think we said on the last episode, actually it was uh, Father uh, Robert Barron, we watched his video and he said, you know, if they had dressed up as rabbis or imams, it would be completely different and the backlash would be enormous, but it's okay if it's Catholics. It's fine if you make fun of Catholics. Um, right. And I have some like other thoughts that we can get to towards the end of the episode to kind of sum up my feelings on all of this. Um, but I guess we should just get started and kind of go down this rabbit hole. You ready for this? I have a very heavy heart about this. Like as just researching everything today, it made me very sad. But I'm, I guess I'm as ready as I'll ever be. I, you know, I'm sad, but I'm also, I guess I'm also happy, not happy, but I'm also emboldened that people are speaking up. Um, and there's some videos we're going to watch tonight where it's not necessarily just Christians. It is a lot of, oh, hold on a second. It's, um, it's people of all religious faith. And I think that's something that you've, you've said it yourself. I think you've either, we've said it on the show or if you texted me, um, sorry if I'm blowing up personal texts, you've said that you think the church needs to speak up about these issues more and be more strong on these issues and not mm -hmm. just kind of step back and accept it. And the age old thing is, Oh, you know, turn the other cheek and love thy enemy and just let them walk all over you. I think you've said, the church needs to actually step up and be a little bit stronger on these issues, right? Yeah, I think you've said it too. I feel right. like, and this, I don't want to go down this road, but I have felt this way for a long time that the church in general, not a church, but the church in general has honestly dropped the ball on the things that we are called to do as the church, what the Bible says that we are called to do. I feel like they've dropped the ball for years and years and years, decades. And then the government started stepping in because- we weren't taking care of the poor and taking in the orphans and doing all the things that, the, you know, the Bible says do. Mm -hmm. And so the government slowly stepped in and took over. And now the church is just like, okay. Yeah. I mean, we could probably have a whole episode. Yeah, on, We won't go down that route. <laughs> we won't go down that rabbit hole of my belief that, you know, private organizations are way better at charity than the government will ever be. That's a whole different issue. Um, I'm trying to think of what's a good place to start. Why don't we just start here? Um, this is a Fox News article. I want to watch the video. I actually haven't watched the video. Um, so uh, apologies, like a blanket apology right away. Some videos we may watch tonight may have some foul language. Um, we try our best to keep this podcast BG and, and you know, not explicit. Um, but there might be some videos where a swear word slips out. So I'm sorry. I already restricted it like on the videos that this episode's not for anyone under the age of 18. Oh, did because you? Because I, I had so much I was going to send you. And I mean, I sent you some things. I was like, sorry. But then I'm like, I mean, we, mm. we can look at that. We can look at uh, Peaches Jesus um, if we want and just kind of get an idea. I feel like we're right on the precipice. We're at the beginning of this dark rabbit hole that we're all just going to go sliding down right now. So let's do it. Okay. Um, let me pull up this. Do, do, do. So this is a video from Fox News. So let's see. I think uh, you've seen this father before. He's kind of made his rounds on social media. Father, 
will not bring his eight-year-old daughters to class starting today after fights erupted at a protest on Friday over a pride event at their elementary school. He says he has nothing against the LGBTQ community, but he does not want his young children exposed to inappropriate materials. His name is Manuk Gregorian, and he joins us now. Good morning to you, Manuk. Good morning. Good morning. Well, God bless you. Me. Thanks for coming on. I understand you have two sets of twin girls. You have eight-year-olds and four-year-olds. I'm sure you have a yes, fun I house. The, the issue, what started the protest at the school? Well, we found out about this assembly back in early May, and um, we have made numerous attempts to uh, contact school officials and have a meeting with them. We did have a meeting with the principal, but she couldn't be helpful. So we asked to speak with uh, Mr. Carvalho. We have made numerous attempts to contact him, but he ignored every opportunity that we had to speak with him. He just didn't want to acknowledge us. And we had no choice but to take it to the streets and uh, make sure that he hears us and can speak with us. Okay, so it all started, um, the assembly that you're talking about, the students were all at this assembly, elementary school, and a book was read that some parents had problems with. The book is called The Great Big Book of Families. It talks about multicultural families, multi-religious families, families with adopted children, families with same-sex uh, partners. And some of the parents said, "One, it's a it's a, a lot of Armenian families live in this area. And one dad said, I don't like the idea of my little kid coming home and saying it's fine for a family to have two dads, two men to love each other. We don't respect that. It's not in our culture as Christians and Armenians. Another dad uh, who's a protester said LGBT uh, individuals exist in all cultures and communities and our representation and our voices being heard is not a matter of discussion. It's a civil right that was earned through decades and decades of activism. How do you, where do you stand on this issue? Well, my, my whole thing is about it's, it's the 10-year-old children should not be exposed to any of this LGBTQ You stuff. just think they're I too mean, young. The they're too young. Not the, it's not what, it wasn't about the issue of the book itself only because after the book was supposed to be read, they were supposed to turn around and have a discussion about what they just read and heard. And we have a thing. One of our parents named Anna has asked these questions numerous times. What would you answer my child when he comes up to you and says, I have a mommy and daddy. My mommy was pregnant. When they have two daddies, which daddy does he get pregnant? Where does the baby come from? What are you going to answer them? Not one school official has an answer to that question. They're saying it's not about sexualizing or uh, grooming our children, but yet they have no answers to us. And when we want to speak with them and have these discussions, they totally ignore us. And they just don't want to talk to us. And I'm fed up. And the school is not safe for my children to take back. And, and they don't want to come out and talk to me and say, how are they going to make this school safer? And what's going to be their next move? And they just totally want to ignore me. And, and, and I'm not going to take my kids back until they come out and talk to us. So what are you going to do? Private schools? Homeschool? Well, uh, this is an Armenian community school. It's dual language for Armenian children to learn Armenian and English. I'm not going to give up that easy and decide to move my children to another school because I really want them to learn Armenian and English at the same time. Mm -hmm. I will fight this fight as long as I have to. I'm also considering other school options, but for right now, I'm waiting to speak with the school members, board members, to decide my our next move. Okay. And I encourage everybody at Sadiqola Elementary to keep their children home so LAUSD 
can understand that we will not be silent. No matter how big they are, we will not be silent. We did ask for a statement from the Los Angeles Unified School District, and this is what they told us. Los Angeles Unified remains committed to maintaining a safe, inclusive, and supportive environment for all students. We are also committed to ensuring diversity and inclusivity. In addition, out of an abundance of caution, the Los Angeles School Police Department will be providing additional patrols around the campus. Manuk, thank you so much for coming on with us. Thank you very much. For all right. So um, that guy was a protester. I've seen videos of him on social media. Um, one, I'm always I, I'm a big supporter of school choice. I think there should be a lot of school choice, but we're not in a world right now where school choice is always easy for a lot of people. Um, and I understand it like this gentleman makes a really good point, which is he doesn't want to take his kids out of school where the kids are learning English and Armenian. It's very important to him and his family that they do so. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, that, you know, it's, yes, you can take your kids out of school, but sometimes you don't want to take your kids out of school. Like you want them to stay in this school and it's, should you fight? Should you go to these school boards? Should you get involved and push back on these schools because you don't want to take your kids your your kids out of these schools you don't want to run away which is sort of the same idea that i've said about other things is sometimes it's better to just kind of you know plant your feet and and go for it so what are your thoughts fight absolutely fight but i think he's right in his fight that he removed his kids from the system and he's waiting to have a conversation with them and i I mean, I've no, I've had to said this to you so many times. I wish that there was a mass exodus in these schools so that the the administration, the the boards, the teachers, everyone would start have to take them seriously. The districts would have to listen up because they would all of a sudden have you know their attendance drop to almost nothing. It's sad, it's sad. These this is a lot of kids enjoy school. It's where their friends are at. They're you know, and like this parent said, they're learning both English and Armenian languages, and then it's it's their community. And community is important. So I think that's very sad. But I think that if there were these mass exodus, it would happen quicker because they, the schools would be forced to actually listen to the parents. And so I totally applaud that man for doing what he's doing. And it's elementary school. These are kids. Kids. Mm -hmm. These are kids. They don't need to be pushing any sort of, they, they don't even need to be pushing like regular marriage on kids. I'm a parent of four, all different ages. I know that kids mature at different ages. Two girls are not necessarily going to mature the same. Boys and girls mature differently. Every, every one is different. You parent one kid, you know, one kid, you're not an expert. Believe me, four kids, I'm still not an expert, but I know that I have had, you know, each kid has the sex talk at a different point and they're, they've all not been ready at the same time. I have very frank conversations with my kids about it, but it was for me and my husband to decide when they were ready and how we should do these sex talks. And, um, so for the school to just kind of assume that everyone's ready at the same time. And even like, I have kind of personal experience. This is a really silly story, but I went to a Baptist school in first and second grade. And then I was homeschooled for third and fourth grade, but the Baptist school was right down the street from me. And a lot of you maybe know about the Awanas program, which was kind of like a Bible study weekly for kids. So I still went to that 
church slash school for their Bible study on Wednesday night. So I kind of stayed, I maintained friends with some of the kids that I was friends with in first and second grade through elementary school. There was this kid, Paul, in my grade. Paul chased me like from day one. And I do mean chased me like Fridays was boys chase girls day and he would chase me and flirt with me. And like this went on until fifth grade with this guy, Paul. Clearly he was whatever you can be at seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old into me. But then all of a sudden come high school, he comes out as gay. I mean, would he, if he knew that in first, second, third, fourth, like, do you think he'd be chasing me? Do you think he had the mindset of like at seven years old to be like, oh, I'm not accepted. I need to pretend like I'm into a girl. Like, he, he didn't yeah. know. He didn't know back then. He didn't know. And so I just, why are we pushing this on them? Why are we trying to teach them? Why anything about it? Mm -hmm. Stick to math and phonics and language arts, reading, writing, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically it. So that's the podcast, everybody. Okay. Good night. That's it. And um, I mean, in English and Armenian, they can, you know, they can do that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think um, you're right in the point in the sense that um, schools are not going to really respond until parents start taking their kids out and there is a drop. Um, we saw this during COVID. We saw when parents started to get an idea of what's going on in the classroom because they were able to sit there and watch what their kids were going through. Um, and then parents were horrified at what these public schools were teaching. They said, OK, well, we're going to start pulling you out. Then you saw record low enrollment in public schools across California after COVID, during COVID and after COVID. Um, and it it hurts. And, it, and a lot of people were, OK, well, now what do we do? These kids are, are gone. They were not getting the revenue. Um, and it, it, I think that's how you're going to have to approach it is money does talk. And when you take kids out of school and their enrollment goes down and that starts to hurt their bottom line. At the end of the day, that might be the best way to kind of combat this is just go like, look, we're not, you're not going to make money off of my kids by teaching this. Um, and, you know, there's only so many private schools. There's only so many charter schools and parochial schools and Catholic schools and all that stuff um, that probably can't accept every kid in California. Um, so a lot of these schools, you just kind of got to put your foot down and say like, you know, almost kind of make an example of like you do this. Parents are going to get pissed and they're going to push back. Um, and maybe hopefully for every, like, I guess I would say like every Satikoy that is out there that's happening in Glendale right now, hopefully there's a bunch of other schools that are looking at this going, we don't want Glendale and we don't want Satikoy happening at our schools. So, you know, let's, let's not do this. Um, let's kind of pump the brakes on a, little, a lot of this stuff. So. I think it does have a ripple effect. Hopefully. Um, let's see what the next thing is. I have so many tabs opened. Um, okay, so speaking of Glendale, um, protests did get violent at Glendale. So uh, Glendale, California, a protest held outside a Glendale school board meeting over the students' right to choose their pronouns took a chaotic turn Tuesday evening. Um, so let me just pull this up, make sure there's no ads beforehand. Of course, there's an ad beforehand. Just wait for this to end. Just keep going. You're just watching. You're really into that watching. ad. 
All right, let's see. Video is ready to go. Let's see. Again, open invitation to anybody who wants to be a producer for the California Underground podcast. You're more than welcome to. So I don't have but to. But I'll bet you first. Uh, Every carrier has go. goals in mind. Achieving them takes steady work. Anyway, so there's another ad. Oops, skip ad. Here we go. Is this the same video? I thought I clicked on a different video. Same newscaster. Is this the same video? Oh, right, here we go. He has nothing against the LGBTQ no, the community. What happened? Where was the other video? Oh, no. How did this happen? Stop sharing. Let's try this again. Um, I think I picked the wrong tab. Talk amongst yourselves. Rhode <laughs> Island. It's neither a road nor an island. Here we go. Okay. Melvin Jenkins here at the Glendale Unified School District headquarters. And there were hundreds of people that showed up here in the parking lot to demonstrate. Take a look. Sky Fox was over the scene. And you can see the moments when that crowd became violent here. Dueling protests outside the Glendale Unified Board meeting that led to law enforcement declaring an unlawful assembly. Meanwhile, inside, the school board was voting on reconsidering pride curriculum, highlighting LGBTQ plus issues that has been in place since 2019. Glendale Unified says it follows California law, which states that every person on campus has a right to be referred to by their preferred pronoun. Meanwhile, parents and community members on both sides showed up to demonstrate. They need to stop asking little children what they sexually identify as. Children are not sexual beings, nor should they be. I think it's really important to be here to stand up for all children and not be exclusive. We are an inclusive community. The school board later did vote unanimously to declare June Pride Month and move forward with the curriculum. Advocates say LGBTQ plus representation in school studies is important. Opponents say they don't want the content to be introduced to children. Police, meanwhile, say many of the protesters here at this protest, uh, at this demonstration, were also present during a violent exchange between demonstrators outside Sadako Elementary in North Hollywood last week over a scheduled Pride Assembly. And back out here live, Glendale police say three people were arrested here in in the parking lot yesterday, one of them for allegedly using pepper spray. Reporting live in Glendale, I'm Mario Ramirez. Back to you. All right, Mario, thank you very much. Thank you, Mario. Um, so yeah, things turning violent uh, there in Glendale. It looked like uh, there is definitely Antifa involved. Um, how do I get you to go away? Um, there's some other videos we're going to pull up from our good friend, Anthony Cabasa. Cabasa. Um, he has a whole bunch of these videos. So I want to go through a couple more of these and then uh, we can start in on our, our new overlords, the sisters of perpetual indulgence and talk about how they were honored by our favorite legislature Slater and uh, Scott Weiner up in Sacramento. Um, so I'm going to pull up some of these videos. And again, I apologize if there's bad words or stuff like that. There's naughty words. Um, and Anthony, Informed with Anthony, definitely go follow his page if you don't already. Uh, probably some of the best independent journalism. Shout out, Anthony. Um, we asked him to come on tonight, but he's very busy and didn't want to come join. Well, he would have come and joined us. I shouldn't say he didn't want to come. <laughs> he had prior commitment. If he could, he probably would have been on this show with us. So apologies, Anthony. I know you would have came on. Um, love you, Anthony. 
Um, now he's never so this, coming on. Um, now he's never coming on. He's going to be like, screw you guys and don't look at my page again. Next time I check this, it's going to be you're blocked by Anthony. Um, <laughs> so this See, is, that, there you go again. No, he doesn't do that. No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't block anybody. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's uh, watch. This is one video and there's a the guy we can watch his video. He was from the Fox News video. So let's um, watch this guy. I like this video. Is there a sound? Hello? Oh, here we go. So they're saying, yeah, you are a Christian fascist, but you are not. You're, you're, you know what? That, that, that comes from ignorance. Anybody knows Christianity? Uh, uh, knows fascism has nothing to do in there. Our Lord Jesus Christ came preaching one thing and one thing only. That was love. And there is no fascism in love, nor there is love in fascism. So you're saying so that all there are... these bigots, all these ignorant, I don't know what to call them. I just, just this is not a Christian only thing. Yeah. This is all God-loving people. So there are Muslims because here, there are Jewish people 40, here. There's Muslim people, there's Jewish people. For all I know, they might even be atheists. I don't know. This is, it's all about four to eight-year-old kids. This has nothing to do with the religion. Of course, I am a Christian. My religion dictates otherwise what they're preaching. But again, at the end of the day, this is not about religion. This is not about politics. This is about the kids, our kids, four to eight-year-old kids have no business learning about sex. That's it. I don't care if it's gay sex, straight sex, homosexual sex, heterosexual sex. Kids have no business learning about that. That's the problem here. No one is anti-gay or homophobic or this. I can speak for myself. You guys see there's gay people on this side protesting the indoctrination and teaching kids. Or, or you know, That's one video. Um, so this was, was taken by Anthony himself. Um, let's see. Parent faces off against. Let's take a look. Take a look at a couple more of these, just to give you an idea of. There's the bad guys. Did you watch the one I sent you earlier? It's his most recent one. It's his most recent one. From I said it to you just a few hours ago. Yeah, from Anthony. Is it on here? It's, this one? Yeah, it, it okay. is. Let's pull this one up. All right, guys. So I'm going to break down what happened exactly at yesterday's Glendale Unified School District and the only physical altercation. This man was arrested. Local media is not reporting who's been arrested, and they're trying to paint the picture that it was a parent that was got arrested. This doesn't look like a parent to me, and I will explain it, and I will show you guys some videos of an independent journalist that was actually there. All right, so here's the first time I actually got him. This is him being told by the police to leave. He was trying to enter the parent space. Eventually, he made his way back. You guys can freeze the frame if you guys want. Read back exactly what I am saying. Second time, he confronts the parents, and the police have to come and take these guys away again. This is the second confrontation with the parents that he had, twice told by police that he needs to leave. This is following right after the only physical altercation of the night. 
he was the only arrest. Here he is being dragged away by police. Um, he was the only one that was arrested following the physical altercation. Now, why does this man conceal his face? Why is someone that is there for pro-LGBT and to support children, why is he there masked? And why was he stoking and instigating and, and trying to talk to the parents or trying to instigate whatever it is? He's the only one. Now, local media is not reporting it. I've got the video footage right here for you guys to see. Twice he was told by the police, stop coming toward the parent side. Third time, he gets arrested. So there's that. I just thought that was yeah. All right, guys. So I'm going to break down what happened exactly. Like his little tagline, independent journalism over corporate news. Hell yeah, brother. Keep up the good work. Um, so what stuck out to you about that video? Well, it's just interesting how the he said the media was not reporting on that. And who is this guy? Why is he mm -hmm. pretending to be a parent, but then like starting fights with the parents? And why is he? Who is he? Why is he there? It is just kind of interesting who's showing up to these events and why yeah, you wonder how much of this is actual parents and people pushing back or both two side or like instigators. And I yeah. think at Glendale, it looks like there were a lot more instigators. Um, I mean, we say Antifa, Antifa like people, like people who want to be rabble rousers and stuff like that. It looked like there were a lot more rabble rousers at the Glendale because I think it was well uh publicized that they were going to be doing this that they were going to be protesting this so obviously there were counter protesters who came out and used this as an opportunity to push back um and you're probably gonna you're, you're, people like this are gonna show up who are just there to wear their mask and like instigate and cause problems yeah um and they they don't really care about the issue they just want to be there and instigate um but a lot of times uh, you know counter protesters show up because they want the side that they're agitating to look bad. They want them to right. react in a poor way. They want them to get violent. They want them to point out like, oh, look at these, you know, supposed Christian or whatever religious people getting violent, pushing back on people. Um, so that's their whole goal. That's why they go out and do these things is they want to instigate and get make people look the worst. Um, uh, this is the last video I want to watch really quick. And he has a lot of videos. So if you want to go watch, go check out all of his stuff. He's got a lot of videos on this. Uh, this was the guy who was on Fox News. You will burn this flag? You try. Try to burn this flag. That's a hate crime. Why, why is it okay, not okay to burn the LGBTQ flag, but it's okay to, for you to burn this flag? If you don't like this flag, get out of this country. I mean, I'm allowing you to, you can carry it. That's your right to carry it. You, you got me there. I agree, death to America. But I also agree, death to Christian fascists. You agree? I agree about death to America. I'll burn the flag. You will burn this flag? You try. Try to burn this flag. Okay, so That's a hate crime. Um, Basically, it got wild. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's going to continue. I think in June, you're going to see a lot more of this. Um, but I think he makes a good point, which is why is it okay you can burn the American flag, but you can't burn the pride flag? Because we looked at that right. story last week, and there was almost like there was a, a DOJ federal investigation that was opened at Satakoy that you couldn't, that someone burned a transgender flag and they made a big deal. It's hate speech and you can't 
do this. And oh my gosh, we have to get all these uh, authorities involved. And, uh, you know, we have to protect the person and the teacher. Um, but it's, it's, that's a huge hate crime. But if, if you burn the American flag, that's fine. That's free speech. We hate American Christian fascists. Um, that's really, that's where we're at now, especially in California, that people just loathe the American flag and would, if they could, if it wasn't actually against the law, they would fly the pride flag over the American flag. I would, if they had that opportunity, they would just take the American flag down, put the pride flag up and fly that all year round. They wouldn't, it wouldn't even just be June. They would have the pride flag up all year round. Right. Um, all right, let's move on to our, uh, the newest celebrities, uh, the sisters of perpetual indulgence. <sighs> Are you ready for this one? Here we go. <laughs> this one is this one's tough. This one gets me riled up. Um, okay. Uh, this is from California Globe. It is California Senate LGBTQ recognition ceremony honored drag nuns, trans people. Uh, the ceremony quickly devolved into LGBTQ sufferer month. Uh, Democrats in the Senate said this event was in honor of LGBTQ month coordinate with Senate Resolution 33, which I pulled up the text and we can take a look at it. Senator Susan Eggman of Stockton proclaiming June 2023 as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer Pride Month. Um, I thought it was... Has, yeah, I, already a I thought it was a thing too, so I don't understand. I also pulled up the text and was like, what changed? Yeah, the text is... Where is our great state and blah, blah, blah. Diversity is one of our greatest strengths to achieve more just fair society. We must teach our children to respect one another, to appreciate our differences and to recognize the common good in all of us. Okay. So this is something that gets me riled up because Get riled. I, I'm getting riled. Um, because again, they said this in the prior video where they said, oh, our school is all about inclusivity and we want our children to feel welcomed and loved. And then you have this language that says to achieve a more just fair society, we must teach our children to respect one another and appreciate our differences. No, you don't. No, no, you don't. You don't want differences like you don't want you want everybody different who is in within your little tribe. Sure. Right. You, you don't want different other people like. You don't want traditionalists. You don't want conservatives. You don't want Christians. You don't want religious people. You probably don't want Jewish or Muslim because it goes against the LGBT platform. You don't want differences. You want differences. You want from like, if it, if it was a color palette and you were at like Home Depot and you looked at like four or five shades of orange and they all sort of looked exactly the same, but the one was like a little lighter. That's your gradation of differences. You're like, okay. Well, how liberal and how progressive do we want people to be? Okay, you can only be on this spectrum. Yeah. Well, you can't be on this spectrum. You can't be over here. Oh my goodness, you you're wearing a cross or a crucifix? Mm, no. You must be a fascist. We we don't stand you. So, language like that gets me frustrated cuz they always couch it in this idea of we we love everybody and we want all these differences. Right. No, you don't. That's just a flat out lie. You don't want it. You don't want people who think differently than you. You don't want Republicans. You don't want libertarians. You don't want conservatives. You don't want traditionalists. You don't want social conservatives. You don't want any of that stuff. You want everything to be slightly different in your little tribe. So that's me getting riled up about that. Get more riled, Phil. <laughs> I'm getting riled. 
this is just more gobbledygook about being elected to public offices, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Supreme Court. Wow, this actually went on longer than I thought it was going to. The transgender community in particular has gained newfound prominence in the media, entertainment, sports, and business, raising awareness about gender identity and the obstacles in the community to face. Okay. I wonder why that is. Probably because it's being shoved down our throats. Repeat that last. You kind of mumbled that last sentence that you read. Uh, Actually, I'm going to read the first one and I'm going to read the next one because they kind of go together. Whereas an unprecedented number of adults in the United States identify as LGBTQ plus with a jump from 5.6% to 7.1% of Americans who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or queer in 2022. Young people, especially Generation Z, are driving the increase. And whereas the transgender community in particular has gained newfound prominence in the media, entertainment, sports, and business, raising awareness about gender identity and the obstacles this community continues to face. I wonder why. And I said, probably because it is being shoved down our throats every single day of every waking minute. And it's become, it's become the Vogue thing to do. And maybe family guy nailed it. If you've ever seen that clip where they make fun of transgenderism. Maybe. Go on. Yeah. Have you seen that clip where it's the bartender and the transgender sitting at the the bar and he goes, excuse me, ma'am, you can't watch porn in my bar. And the person at the bar goes, well, I'm transgender. And the bartender goes, okay, well, you can do whatever you want then. Yeah. Um, So this is obviously being driven by society and social media and culture and being shoved down. It's one of those things. And I was actually listening to a podcast this morning where they were saying, um, why, like the, the rebuttal is, well, why do you care so much? Why do you care so much about this stuff? Like making us seem like we're the nosy ones who are like, we're putting our nose into your business and your personal lives. Like, why do you care so much? And it's, it's like, well, I don't really care what adults want to do in their private lives, but you've now made it something that we care about. Mm-hmm. You know, you've made it something we care about through the media, through sports, through social media, through the president of the United States having audiences with transgenders, um, with the idea that you're pushing it onto children. You definitely made it people's businesses by putting it, pushing it onto children. Um, so you've made it our business and that's why people are starting to care. Um, but yeah, this is, they're trying to make it seem like it's, it's just this natural phenomenon that's happening when I would argue it's probably more happening because it's, it's in our society right now, if you're an impressionable child or young teen or a preteen, you're looking at everything and saying, wow, Dylan Mulvaney got is making hundreds of thousands of dollars being transgender. And and so is this transgender over here and this transgender. So, and if I'm transgender, it gives me an identity and I can be someone and I can be cool Mm -hmm. and people can't make fun of me because it's a hate crime. So, um, I mean, that's, that's sort of, I think a big part of it is that people, and and I was an impression, look, I was an impressionable teen as well. Back in the day, we all were. I used to think Jenko jeans were cool because all my friends wore Jenko jeans. And now you look <laughs> at it and you go, Jenko jeans look ridiculous. Who would wear these things anymore? 
which is funny because they're actually making a comeback Jenko jeans. Now all the kids wear like big baggy pants. Um, but that's what happens when you're young is you're impressionable and you're looking for an identity and you kind of gravitate towards what's in vogue right now. And so a lot more people are going to say, well, transgenderism is really hot right now and I can be it and, and I, I can be popular. I can get all this stuff. Um, I, you know, and it's going to be sad when we get the statistics down the line of people who have transitioned or went the extra mile um, and got surgery. How many people are going to regret it? Mm-hmm. We sadly won't know those statistics for probably the next five, 10 years. Um, but I would bet it's probably going to be a large majority of people who transition during this time are going to go look back and go, you know, I was an impressionable teen or something. And I did this and I shouldn't have done it because people told me it was the right thing to do and they pushed me towards it. And I wish I could go back and change that about my life. So, right. Yeah. Well, we all were impressionable kids and teens, but in our generation, we just tried to wear cool jeans or cut our hair a cool way or whatever, you know, hair grows back. You can change your jeans. But now these surgeries, they're permanent. They're mutilation. And, you know, it's, it's not like, it's not Jenko jeans where you can just get rid of them and give them to exactly. Goodwill. You know, you and have then to burn the pictures that <laughs> you wearing them. You can... It's not that easy. <laughs> um, so for this resolution to be like, well, it's this huge increase about 2% of look at the huge increase of generation Z. Well, yeah, because they're impressionable kids and teenagers like, yeah, you can um, make it. I mean, if by some chance, traditionalism get like a whole month and extra days and all this stuff to celebrate their u- uniqueness exactly Whereas, you know, if the shoe was on the other foot and it was like okay so the vogue cool thing to do is uh you know be a traditional conservative and and go to church and all that stuff and then when people could say well look this is what's popular right now and look at the increase well, it's in vogue and it's in society, but that's the the power of society and the corporate media pushing it all down our throat. And like we talked uh, about the other day, how they're saying, like, we just want equal rights. That's all we want is equal rights. And you and I are like, well, where's our pride month and our parade and our flag and our, you know, like, where's our Christian month? Exactly. Where Where's our celebrate <laughs> being straight, married people? Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, at this point, it's not really about equality. I guess they'll say, well, you've had, you know, 2,000 years of being Christian dominance. And it's like. <coughs> now we're the underdogs. And so on my anniversary this year, I'm going to celebrate, you know, 17 years of being married next month. And I wow. want recognition. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm now the minority. Like, I have been married as a straight couple for 17 years. <laughs> not enough. I want you to send me cupcakes. I'll just make a whole list. All the stuff for uh, Camille's anniversary. I mean, you have nothing to do with my anniversary, but you need to celebrate me and what my marriage has accomplished. Exactly. Um, Yeah. It's definitely not, it's definitely not fair and equal is what they're saying. It's, it's almost like you're, it's almost like you get a whole month where the rest of the world has to stop and put you up on a pedestal. And we all have to kind of like worship you on a pedestal. Like that's where we're mm-hmm. at in pride month right now. Um, let's, let's get into the sisters. 
Okay, let's get into the sisters. Uh, because there's not really anything else but, you know, more gobbledygook in this resolution. Um, let's see. Going back to the article, but rather than sticking to celebrating the accomplishments of the honorees, senators offered floor speeches devolving the ceremony into LGBTQ Sufferer Month. Many Democrat senators claim that the LGBTQ community is unsafe, has no freedoms, has no freedoms, no freedoms, none, none at all. Like there's no freedom for you to show up at our state capitol dressed as a mockery of Catholic nuns. No freedom. Dodgers night soon. They're going to have, they're going to be honored at Dodgers night. They're at the state Capitol. No freedom. Absolutely none. Um, freedom. That's horrible. And, and that's, that's come on. That's just ridiculous that in California, they're trying to say there's no freedom. Um, let's see. Live in danger. Our victims and are harmed all because of right-wing extremists, right-wing extremists. Remember, that's the giant net that catches everything. I guess we're the right-wing extremists because we're talking we, about they, it right they consider us to be. I and mean, you and I are like, well, we're totally not right-wing extremists. Not at we're all. Like, we're like worried that Republicans are going to cancel us because we're not. We're always worried. Like, we're just going to get kicked out of the party because we're just, we don't toe the line enough. Um, yeah. Senator Nancy Skinner of Berkeley said right-wing extremists are, quote, trying to undo LGBTQ rights, end quote. Senator Josh Becker of Menlo Park said, quote, rising homophobia and transphobia coincides with anti-Semitism and white supremacy, end quote. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Sure, let's just throw everything against the wall and just, sure. Um. Center. So, but how is is it anti-Semitism if you speak out against the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence because they're mocking Catholics? Is that anti-Semitic? Just so we're clear, I, I I get confused. I feel like anything that you say against them is I don't. I mean, it's, it's hate speech. We're talking about them right now. This is clearly hate speech. But right. I don't know what category of hate speech it falls under. Is Probably it religious hate speech? It'd be some sort of hate speech. Well, yeah. I mean, we're just two right-wing extremists talking about just spewing hate speech right now. White supremacist. YouTube literally just picked up that that line of they just saw that go across their screen and they were just like shut down. Um, but thank kidding. you to <laughs> but thank you to Rumble. We're still live on Rumble, and thank you to everybody who's on Rumble. I'm looking at Are the chat right now. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. Okay. I don't know. I'm watching. I'm watching the Rumble feed more because all the people as i expected uh are over on rumble watching us okay. so hi rumble. rumble is rumble's the way to go rumble loves it i think people love rumble more shout out rumble uh senator lena gonzalez claimed parents at her daughter's elementary school who protested quote trans day of visibility and quote were bigoted and that a trans friend told her quote you have no idea what it's like to have your rights stripped away end quote what about their um, right to not be included in this? What about their right to walk away from it? Oh, people who just don't agree with it with the right yeah. to walk away? Yeah. You What's don't have their that right, right to just be like, I'm not participating. That's that's not a right. 
they the the rights they're talking about are the rights for them to force you to participate in this ideology. Like I said, my anniversary is coming up and I want everyone to participate <laughs> in my straight day. My straight yeah. marriage celebration. That's that's your right is to force everybody else to I have a big yard. Engage in your 17 year anniversary. Um this just goes on and on about what other people said. Um Senator Aisha Wahab of Way, uh, Hayward said gay and trans people are a part of everyone's community and the community must speak up on their behalf. If not, you have the Pulse nightclub. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the guy who shot up the Pulse nightclub was a Hillary supporter. <laughs> Seriously, look so. it up. No, I I, I'm made, pretty sure you're right. They made the connection. They saw him like in the crowd at a Hillary campaign. Uh, and Senator Scott Weiner. The one we're all waiting to hear from again, blamed quote, right-wing extremists and bigoted extremists for tearing down target displays over girls bathing suits for trans kids with a tuck friendly pouch for male genitalia. Yes. Those parents who now refuse to shop at target are real extremists. That was California globe. That wasn't Scott Weiner. Uh, Senator Weiner said the political attacks actually harm the lives of real human beings. Real people are harmed because of executive orders, executive orders. What executive orders? I, he's probably taking a line from Gavin Newsom and talking about other states. Uh, uh, these are families just trying to raise their kids, Wiener said, and spoke of, quote, oh, the violence. That, oh, I, I need a moment. <sighs> he said the violence that always flows from this hateful rhetoric. <sighs> right. So it's it's, you know, they're just trying to raise their kids. You have no right to raise your kids, though. Right? No comment. <laughs> um, toward the end of the ceremony, Senator Eggman help, uh, held up a pink triangle with the message, resist and persist on it, and said every senator received one on their desks. She said the pink triangle represents the LGBTQ uh, people killed during the Holocaust. Okay, that's I mean, a new one. No, they killed gay people during the Holocaust. Well, they did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was part of Hitler's plan. Um, I, I'm not sure co-opting the Holocaust is the best move, but hey, you know, when you got the full su support of the state government and yeah, corporate media, everyone's and listening. Major sports and all that stuff. Sure, go ahead and co-opt the Holocaust. Just go for it. Why not? Um. She did not address that LGBTQ people are still killed by certain cultures. According to the Human Dignity Trust, 12 countries have jurisdictions in which the death penalty is imposed or at least a possibility for private consensual same-sex sexual activity. At least six of these implement the death penalty, Iran, northern Nigeria, Saudi Arabia, Somalia, and Yemen. And the death penalty is a legal possibility in Afghanistan, Brunei, Mauritania, Pakistan, Qatar, and UAE. Um, Qatar was also where they hosted the World Cup. So I guess when it comes down to sports and money, um, sports and money wins over uh, LGBTQ rights. Senate Resolution 33 was passed 31 to 0 with Republicans not voting except for Senator Rosalisi Ochoa Bao, who supported the resolution. Um, there is a video, like a news clip. So let's pull up this news clip. Um, 
problem with these videos is you just got to get through all the ads. Okay. Uh, if you are uh, easily uh, startled, look away if you're watching. Sacramento, the polarizing figure today was Sister Roma, one of 15 people recognized in both the state Senate and the state assembly as part of Pride Month celebrations. San Francisco Senator Scott Weiner invited Sister Roma to the Capitol as his guest. Eight Senate Republicans asked Senator Weiner to withdraw his invitation, but that request was denied. Sister Roma is a member of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, a group of queer and trans activists who call themselves nuns as they devote themselves to community service. They were founded in San Francisco in 1977 and now have followers around the world. Sister Roma is one of the very best community leaders in San Francisco. She does amazing work. As part of Pride Month celebrations in California, the Dodgers baseball team invited the sisters to appear at a ball game and later uninvited them over concerns the group mocks the Catholic Church. Then the Dodgers reversed course and re-invited the sisters. Still, protesters representing Christian and Catholic groups showed up at the state capitol for a prayer vigil in response to ceremonies on the floor of the legislature honoring what they say are an offensive group of men who dress in drag as nuns. We're not uh, protesting. We're not yelling and screaming. We're just praying. If you're mocking nuns who have devoted their lives to serving the poor today, what's to stop the legislature from mocking our Jewish brothers and sisters, our Muslim brothers and sisters? Please don't weaponize your religion and exercise your own internalized homophobia and transphobia to discriminate against my community. I think we're all doing a lot of good in the world, and I think there's room for all of us. In Sacramento, I'm Leslie Brinkley, ABC 7 News. Yeah. We're all doing good in the world. But why do you have to do good while mocking the Catholic faith? Okay. I have so many thoughts. Let's start okay. with just drag. I don't have a problem with drag. I, I thought think a lot of people have a problem with drag. It's as, like as adults. Yeah, but I thought it was it was a character. It's a performance. It's you know a fun thing that they do that's fun for them, and they have their shows, and they probably are hilarious, like comedians, and people want to go to these drag shows and stuff. No different than actors and actors are in movies and TV shows that entertain us. And everyone has their personal taste in movies and TV shows and actors and actresses. And so they're doing their community activism and stuff. I'm not even offended looking at them. It's weird. It's a freak show, but I'm not offended. But why do they go out in public like this and then make it about Instead of even just like, oh, we're funny people, like I dressed up as a clown, but dressed up as a drag queen, and we're just funny and doing our thing in the community. Why, again, do they have to make it all about sex and mocking Catholicism? Right. Now, yeah. sisters, nuns, commit to a life of celibacy. These nuns are basically trying to have, or sorry, they're not nuns. These drag queens are trying to have almost live sex shows at this point. Yeah. So you're going against what nuns opposite. stand for. Yes. yes. 
And obviously using the cross as a stirper pole, doing Jesus, hunky Jesus Christ. What is it like competitions? And, and they're just mocking the whole thing. Yeah. They say they're yeah, not. And, that, and, and that's, that's why her statement or his statement is, you know, we're all just trying to do good in the world. Great. I'm glad we all want to do good in the world. I all want, you know, you want to be a community leader and you want to help your community. Fantastic. We could all use more of that. I think the world needs more volunteers and people who want to do charity. World would probably be a much better place if we all just kind of chipped in and did our thing. Yeah. But again, you could do that and be a community leader and you can do all that. You don't have to do it on the backs of mocking the Catholic religion. Right. That's it. Like, yeah, it, it's if you're still it feeding, should be illegal because it's hate, feeding, it's hate towards you. It, it's Sorry. discrimination towards one person's based on religion, which is a violation of the 14th Amendment. But you could yeah. still feed the homeless and you can still help people. But not dressed up as nuns. And make it a big deal. Also. If you're trying to help the community and be of service and be a good person, is making it about yourself and your feelings the way to go? Like, no. Like, if you if you're gonna do something good, are you out there bragging and being like, "Look at what I did. This is about me. Put me on a pedestal because I cleaned up trash today." Bring the right. media. Exactly. I said a poor person. Everyone should know. Um. Like, that's arrogance. That's not, which again, I guess that's their whole thing is pride. Yeah. Uh, James Gallagher uh, put out a statement. He said, I will not be participating in the recognition of a member of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. He's a Christian. I love all people. I believe Christ made a path to salvation for all who want to follow. I also believe strongly in religious freedom. And I have compassion, tolerance, and respect for those who believe differently. No one should be discriminated against simply because of who they are or what they believe. That is why I will not celebrate those who engage in religious bigotry or attempt to co-opt our faith into something it is not. I recognize that the sisters have done charitable work in the community, but their vulgar mockery of our Christian faith is extremely insulting and disrespectful. We cannot condone this. The sisters, of course, have a First Amendment right to, of, to expression, but our government should not celebrate such hateful bigotry. I will certainly have no hand in it. Well said, Assemblyman Gallagher. Yeah. Thank you. I, um, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, I think on your IG live, thank you to those that walked out during the ceremony to stand up. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I, I wanted to thank him because I, it's great that Republicans, it's nice to see, it feels like Republicans, as, there's not many of them, so it's not really that hard, but it's, it's like nice eight. to see Yeah, in the Senate, there's like eight and I don't know how many there are in the assembly, like 13 or something. Um but it's nice to see they're, they're they're starting to stand for stuff and they're starting to stick to their convictions because that's how you kind of make noise is you kind of got to do this. It feels like, like for so parents. long Republicans in Sacramento have not done anything. And mm -hmm. um, it does take, I think, a lot this young blood that's coming in, like James Gallagher, Kevin Kiley, while he was there, um, Bill Say Lee. I can never say it correct. Bill Say Lee. Um, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name. Uh, please come on the show anyway. Uh, he hey, had Sanchez. this 
Sanchez as well. Kay Sanchez had a, had a great thing. So a lot of these Republicans are standing up, and I think that's great because you do have to create that dichotomy of this is what we stand for. Do you want to stand with this side or that side? And I think if you make you know enough noise about it, you might get the attention of independents or people like that who are looking at this going, well, I think I honestly actually side with the Republicans in California. That's weird. Um, I want to show this picture. Um, Bill Saley did share this. I thought this was just a really powerful picture. Um, uh, so this is what he, it's, you notice sister Roma in the back, Bill standing right there. Uh, and he has a thing that says religious bigotry, religious bigotry is bigotry. And he says, today I walked off the assembly floor in protest of a ceremony honoring the sister per per perpetual indulgence. The group engages in outrageous displays of mockery and ridicule against more than 1 billion Catholics worldwide. An attack against one faith is an attack on all faith. Bigotry of any kind cannot be tolerated or worse yet, formally dignified by the state of California. Um, I, I think it's just a great picture because you have sister Rome in the back and you have Bill standing here with the picture. Um, Bill's a Muslim. So for him to stand up and the tweet that put it this out, imagine a world where the first Muslim state legislator in California's history. Right. People don't yes. talk about that enough, that he's the right. first Muslim state legislator in California history. Nobody talks because he's Republican stood up in solidarity with Catholics against hate speech. And no major media outlets covered it. Right? So yeah. we're talking about, it's all about inclusion. We all have to get along. We all have to love each other. And, da, da, da. and now you have someone who's Muslim standing up for the rights of Catholics and to, to not be targets of hate speech. Literally two religions that have had horrible history yeah. for hundreds and hundreds of you know, centuries of, of bad blood. For him to stand up and say, I'm going to stand up for your right to not be discriminated against because it will be an attack on my religion as well. No one's talking about that. Um, I just we thought are. that was very interesting. Did we want to show Peaches Jesus before we sign off? I or mean, do we wanna... you already labeled this episode not family friendly. Okay. so let's I see. think that these things need to be called out. Yeah. Um, you sent it to me in text. I'll pull it up. Uh, let me grab this. Okay. I didn't want to. I hope you know this is going to go into my browser history now. These cookies are going to show oh, up. Oh, my browser history today was horrific. Yes, yeah, I'm gonna have to clear my. Uh, so, Peaches Christ, uh, he is part of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Yes. Okay. I verified and that. Followed by Scott Weiner. Shocker. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I noticed that. So, as if that's not enough confirmation, that's, that's not shocking. Um, so, the screen name is Peaches Christ. Obviously, mm -hmm. uh, knock on the name Jesus Christ. Yes. Um, and, and here's just oh, a little preview of just some of the stuff. Um, I don't know if you even want to 
like if you scroll back up, I don't know if you want to read, maybe not out loud on on the um, the third picture on the top. This one. The yeah the um. Ugh, I'm not sure. I'm going in. Oh, that's horrible. It's no. so bad. It's nope, so bad. I couldn't, I couldn't even get through the first line, and I'm sorry to everyone. Um, so it's, yeah, that's Peaches Christ. Um, I know. I apologize. I sent you this today, but like, <laughs> that's why you said sorry when you. This sent is this what this is what they're doing. Like, they think this is okay. It's disgusting. Again, go do it in your bedroom. Like, I mean, we used to say, "Oh, get a hotel room." Remember, everyone would be like, they see people with like all their PDA and be like, "Get a room, get a room." Don't do this. Like the, that profile is public. Kids yeah. are on Instagram, not mine. Kids are on Instagram. Anyone can see that profile. And it is, like I said, they're basically trying to do live sex shows. That was proof. That is what's going, he is like proudly. And yeah, I suggest people don't actually go read what was on that post. But if you go read what's on that post, you'll see what I'm saying. It's so bad. I made it through about four words before I was like, I can't read this. Nope, not. Not going to do Especially. it. Um, anyway, uh, we are coming up a little, a little over an hour. Um, I want, So I did want to kind of stick with me here. This I'm came here. to mind to kind of sum up and maybe wrap up this show. And we can close with our final thoughts on this. Um, thank you to everyone who tuned in live, uh, especially those on Rumble who are just uh, killing it right now. Thanks for supporting us on Rumble. Let's try and get us over the thousand subscriber mark. That'd be awesome. Um, I, I'm pulling this from an article, and it may sound weird what I'm going to read, but I stick with me. I have my reason. I'm leaving. Uh, it's from the National Catholic Register. Uh, the Crusades weren't started by Christians or the church. Instead, they were slow, measured, moral, reasonable, and rational responses to violent and unchecked Islamic invasion and colonization. If anything, the Crusades were supremely holy when compared to the egomaniacal, selfish, and hate-filled wars started by atheists between the 18th and 21st centuries. The Crusades were started to protect innocent Christians from being killed. Atheists start wars because they hate, are jealous, and because they desire power. Um... I was thinking of this comparison because there is often this misconception kind of rounding this whole thing out with the idea of Catholicism. There's always been this notion that, well, you know why the Catholic church is horrible and like, you know, it's always the owned by people on the left who are atheists. Well, what about the crusades? What are the Christians did the crusades? That was horrible. They shouldn't have done the crusades. Um, the Crusades were a reaction to the slowly encroaching, I guess, occupation of Muslim forces in Europe to the point where they got halfway through Italy up into Rome's doorstep. To the point where the, the Pope sent out a cry for help to, I think it was the King of France at that time, and said, look, we, we need help. We need reinforcements. You know, the, they're... They're right here. They're going to take over the Vatican. They're going to destroy everything we have. Um, and that's where it began the Crusades. They had to push back. This is not, again, this is, you know, we just talked about Bill Saley and the bad blood. This isn't about Catholics and Muslims. 
to me, if I'm trying to use the comparison, and this is, you know me, I don't talk like this normally. I'm so scared right now. <laughs> yeah, I, this is not stuff I usually talk about the way I say it. Because I think at this point, especially in a place like California, with these parent protests, with people kind of stepping up and pushing back, we're kind of at that spiritual and cultural point. We're at a spiritual crusade right now where slowly over time, society and culture is pressed up against Christianity and Catholicism and pushed and pushed and pushed. And now it's gotten to the point where it's on your doorstep and it's affecting people's children. And I think that's where now Christians and Catholics and those of all faiths and backgrounds, Muslim, Jewish, all that are standing up and going, you're not infecting my children or, or putting this in front of my children. You're not sexualizing my children. You're not indoctrinating my children. We're pushing back. And the media is going to make it seem like it's all these Christian fascists, like that guy in that video. He's like, I, you know, death to Christian fascists as if it's the Christians who are imposing their will on other people to be Christian when he doesn't see the irony that it's people who are pushing this agenda are the fascists who want you to believe and fall in lockstep with this. They're going to gaslight you to believe that, or they're going to gaslight the masses to make it seem like the Christians or those who are religious and want to protect their children. They're the aggressors in this. They're the mean people who are showing up and they're harming all these children. When in reality, it's more of a, uh, it's more of a, a reaction to the slow encroachment on their, on their lifestyle and their beliefs. And now it's reached their doorstep. It's uh, it's with their children. So that's sort of how I think this, that I think that's where we're at right now. And I feel like I can't remember a pride month that has started off so acrimonious in the sense of there's so much tension already. It's we're not even a week into pride month and there's so much tension already and there's protests and there's counter protests and there's people. And now to, you know, rub your nose in it, there's a resolution up in the California state Senate. Um, but I think that's my message is that we're sort of at this crossroads where we've been encroached upon and encroached upon. And now we're at the point where you either stand up and believe in it and push back, or they're just going to roll over you. So that's my thoughts. I'm surprised you went there. I did. I did go there. Oh, I, I heard you. What are your thoughts? I agree with you. I think a lot of people agree with you. I think most Christians, at least in California, I think this is something we've been kind of not to say that you're not independently thinking that, but I feel like that's been what a lot of people have been saying. This is a spiritual battle. This has become a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. There, I, I mean, I've been saying everything biblical, they're making political to try to, they can't, they can't make Christianity illegal, but they can certainly make it illegal to preach the Bible from the pulpit by politicizing every part of the Bible and making it, you know, turning it over and making everything evil and political. And then it's just like, okay, we can't talk about that anymore. We can't talk about that anymore. And so it is a spiritual battle in that sense. 
Yeah, and I th- and that's why I said I don't say this lightly because there are a lot of people out there who say everything's a spiritual battle. This is all spiritual, you know. And I think sometimes they 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 say that a lot. Um, and the problem is it does kind of sound it does come off. I think a little bit like the boy who cried wolf. Every you know, if everything's oh, a spiritual battle, then you know. And then you hear the, the the actual right wing extremist say that, and you're just like, okay, yeah, we get it. You know, yeah, I when you see when you see people of different walks of faith showing up in support of one another saying you know this is not just a christian thing this is a jewish thing this is a muslim thing this is um you know not, any religious thing um i think that's that's pretty powerful i think that's something there's something to be said about that we're a collective group of people who religions who have not liked each other for centuries and millennia and stuff like that yeah. are, are kind of laying down their arms together and going, look, we're now all on the same team. We're all together in this. Um, so I think that's pretty powerful. And I, I'm, I, I almost, I hope that people don't stop using their voice when it comes to this. And I think it's important that it be known that there's more of people who do not approve of this, who do not want this. Um, and, and just let their voices be heard because I think, like we've said, the society and culture and media have made it a point to make it seem like you're you're in the vast minority, you're mm-hmm. in the overwhelming minority if you don't just go along with us and salute the pride flag and go along with this agenda. When in reality, there's probably a vast majority of people who think exactly like you. Um, so, I guess that's and- my final thoughts. I'm going to say this. I'm going to go there. Like you've said before, the revolution wasn't started overnight. It was years. Correct. You know, it was it was a whole series of events over years and years and years. And maybe, you know, COVID and other, like even SB 277, 276 back in 2015. And that's when parents really started to rise up with the, the mandates, the vaccine mandates and removing like parental co- consent and all the, all the weird, you know, with like, all that and then covid and now this especially yeah. you know this is california maybe this is I, don't, I feel like i shouldn't say it but maybe this is the start of something maybe we maybe it already started and we're a few yeah. years into it now maybe yeah I, you know like all revolutions and we're not talking about like a fighting revolution we're not calling for violence or anything no. like that we're saying that big societal change or upheavals take a long time to get to critical mass. Yeah. Um, and any sort of huge societal upheaval starts at one point and it becomes, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of it taking a long time to get to something. Um, and maybe we're just at that point and maybe all of it together is starting to kind of coalesce and make something happen. But where we go from here, um, I don't know, but it is interesting to see the parents push back and people supporting the parents pushing back and people making their voices heard in California and saying, we're, we're not, we're not all San Francisco Scott Wieners. We're not. Yeah. Like we're tired of it, your forced participation. Exactly. We're tired of you making it seem like we all have to subscribe to what Berkeley and San Francisco want. Uh, when there is a huge, enormous state out there full of people that you know, again, you say you love differences and diversity, 
So respect that there's diversity of thought and, and feelings and right. convictions in California. Right. And to clarify, neither you or I hate any of these people. We just don't no. think that we need to stop our lives to celebrate them. And every time that they change their mind about what respect and love is, we're supposed to bow down to it. That's where we're just like, no, we accept you. Do what you do behind closed doors just as we do. You know, we're not yeah. out there in the streets trying to force things onto children. Right. Yeah, that's my final thoughts. So we'll keep an eye on it. Um, I just thought it was pretty interesting. that, And I felt like we needed to follow up last week's episode because things got a little cray cray in California over the past week, not even a week. It's been like five days and this has all happened. Um, and I think it'll probably continue to keep happening. Um, you know, speak your voice, be loud and, and make your voice be heard. Um, you know, obviously don't no violence, no, no calls for violence. Don't be hateful, but make your voices heard. So any other final thoughts before we sign off? I'm good. Great. Um, so as I end every show, make sure the best way to support this show is to share it with somebody who you think would love this show. Um, it's the best and it's free to support the show. Send a text, message people, send them to our Rumble channel. Tell them to subscribe, like, share, subscribe, review. I said subscribe twice. Um, same thing with YouTube. If you want to go over there as well, you can support over there. Send them this video. If you want to listen on audio, we're basically everywhere that you can listen on audio podcasts. Um, and we'll be back next week, um, normal time slot, Tuesday night. And uh, until then, have a good night, everybody. Later.